I meditate all the time on this stuff. But I want to talk to you about the continuation of what Yahweh has, is saying to us and the word that he's giving to us. And I know that when the word of God comes to us, it has to do with purpose. It has to do with something that he will, as we attempt to do it, that he will give to us the strength and the empowerment to accomplish, but we must cooperate with it. To, to not recognize the order of God and the way God does things is to not be able to accomplish the purpose of God that he has for you. And the purpose is, bottom line is, when you die, that you get your well done. If that doesn't happen, what does it profit if you've gained everything in life? But I know, and I, I know for a fact that most people, even still who say they mentally assent to that and believe that, we still put our priorities toward temporal things, and somehow we believe that our minds are more important. I mean, to, to our minds believe that temporal things are more important because we prove it by the way that we spend our money and spend our time and our investment. And we basically make God in his house part-time. One of the reasons why I believe is because we, we believe that the church is, and coming to church is, uh, you know, it's, you, can, you can either do it or not do it. Eh, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to assemble. I, I don't, that's not important. And to, for me, when I hear somebody say that, that are, I, I can attend the church of my choice, when I hear somebody say that, I know for a fact they have no clue who Yahweh really is. Because the Bible says this, and this is what I kind of pictured myself coming and doing this morning. You know, I kind of go through all those kind of things in my imaginative world. And saying this, the Lord God is one. The Lord God is one. Now, of course, we, we take what we've been falsely taught through the Roman church, through Constantine's time when the true gospel came, I mean, when the false gospel, or let me put it this way, when the tares that were sown into the true field of God and true ecclesia came into full fruition, the tares did, and they overtook the wheat. And by doing that, what, what happened was they began to implement and tell us and, and teach us things that are not wrong, which is what? Plurality of gods. They think there's more than one God. And, and Christianity, in its purest sense, got overtaken. And now the generations later, what happened was we, we have a generation who, who did not stay pure to the original. It became a, a hybrid crossbreed of many. So people think when I say God's one, they said, yeah, he's three, but he's one. And I don't want to get off on the false teaching of the Trinity. And, I'm, and I, I say that because no, there's nowhere in the Bible you can prove that there is a Trinity where all three are equal. One of the things I talked about Wednesday night is this. You know, if, if Yahshua was equal to the Father, then how many of you know that he would know when he's coming back? 
Because you, if, you're, if you're the uncreated one or part of that, and you always existed and were never created, the fact of the matter is you would know all things. Well, Yahshua, plainly, the Bible says, nobody knows. The angels don't know. Yahshua himself don't know. Only the Father knows. And I've got great teachings on that for all of those who, who want to argue with me about it that will really help you see. So we understand that when we talk about the Lord God is one, he is one in the sense of what we uh, refer to as he's multitudinous. In other words, he will become one just like a man and a woman become one. But how many of you know they're not equal? Everybody's talking about how equal everybody is in the earth. Well, uh, you know, they're fighting for equality. Well, lots of luck. I mean, I'm not going to be able to go and play uh, basketball and get on the Bulls team, let's say back when, because uh, I don't even know, I, can't, I don't even hardly know any basketball players anymore. But back when Michael Jordan played, I couldn't just walk on and say, hey, hire me because I am equal to him. It's ridiculous. Now, we're equal in the sense that when we're born, we should have the right, and under the law, we should be equal, that we should never, because of birth, either be born a master of somebody or a slave of somebody. And when we stand before a court of law, I think justice really should be blind, and it shouldn't matter. what We're equal in that sense. But i got to tell you, if you are not smart enough to realize that we are all different, then I don't know how I can talk to you any further. That's just how you were made. That's just how you were raised. It's just, I say this, be the best you you can be. And there is opportunity for that. So we have this whole ideology of equality when the Bible clearly says, yes, in relationship, yeah, we're equal. I'm talking about house number two right now, the domestic realm. But in government, unity isn't across the board. Unity is vertical. The only way we'll really have unity in this church is when we get in the place and in line where we're called to be in line. I'm not talking about breaking in line. I'm not talking about getting put at the end of the line. I'm talking about getting in line because if you're not in line, you will not receive the anointing that comes from the head. Everybody thinks they somehow have this personal relationship with God and all they got to do is have it just come straight to them. That is just not scriptural. And that's why I believe we have a mess we have today. So the Bible says there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Yahshua Christ. So we see that there is this divine flow. When I was teaching you the other day about John, uh, Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3, I, I talked about that a little bit. And I let you know that Yahshua did not have the revelation of the future of what was going to happen. It came from God the Father. How do I know that? I read it to you right in the Bible. From God to Yahshua to an angel to an earthly angel or an apostle. And then to who? To the church. There is a divine order and there is a divine flow. I was telling somebody recently, you know, they're talking about, you know, uh, how many of you know how many fathers there are in heaven? One father. So that one father is the head of all things. And the Bible says, which, you know, uh, we should be praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are not two fathers. There's not a threesome up there going on in heaven where they're all equal. There's not a, there's not a group of, of people there because the kingdom of God is not a democracy. 
It has a head. Anything more than one head is a monster. And not only that, anytime there's more than one father in a house, it's perversion. See, people just think that the reason God don't like homosexual marriages or doesn't condone them is because of the sin of homosexuality and the, the sexual part of it. That's not, that's not the real reason. Is it a reason? Of course. But the real reason is this. If two men get married, you can't have two fathers in one house. That is against the divine order of God. What about two women? Then there's no father in the house. Y'all hear what I just said? When helps tries to rule over governments, it's really what the Bible calls a Jezebel spirit. So, you know, whether we want to accept this a lot in the society we live in today that has, you know, they don't just, they don't, don't, they don't just peck away at us no more. They just go up there and just knock you down with a bulldozer. Well, this is what we're going to believe this now. We're going to get you a little bit over the years. No, they just come in now. I tell you what, I, I wrote something on Facebook today I thought was really funny to me. I talked about, and I said, well, I hope all you preachers, you, you once saved, always saved preachers are happy. Because after all the years of you preaching to people across America that we are no longer under the law, we got a generation of lawless people fulfilling their very prophetic revelation. Do you understand what I'm just saying? Let me tell you why there's so much lawlessness in this generation. Because churches all over America told them, we're not under the law anymore. And guess what? Now they believe them. You think there's any respect for the law? Somebody said, well, you talk, you're talking about, the, you're, that's the biblical law. Yeah, there is but one law, do you understand that? There is no other authority but God's that is delegated. And any man who is not under authority has no authority. He can be a bully. Hello? Authority, true authority, don't have to make people do anything. The flow has to come by people understanding that this is how God does it and that there is no other way to do it. And if you're doing it any other way, then you're, off, you're out on your own. So we have this, this concept of this mentality, and I'm telling you that disunity is not something new. People who say, I'm not going to submit to that. Let me just throw this in right quick. See, people think that house number two, the marriage and the family, is more important than the ecclesia. And if I took a survey right now, I guarantee you probably 100%, except for me, maybe, would say, no, my family's more important. No, my house number two is more important. You know what? You're wrong. House number two is nothing more but a lesson for you to, to learn how to act and be joined in house number three they're all important house number one the individual his relationship with God yes ultimately if you're going to say I'm submitted to God then you have to be submitted to his word even if it got deleted in house number two you have to say okay this is God's divine order this is how he does it it comes from the you know God the father to the son to an angel to me to my wife and to my kids. 
I am the door and portal to blessing. If you have a husband who doesn't want to submit to God, guess what? You can come under the covering of the church. Because spiritual fathers really are in a greater position than an earthly father. Let me tell you why. Because an earthly father can't cover somebody else. And the representation of fathers and the government in this house of elders and the ministry of the house of, of deacons. And I'm not talking about we voted every year on some person. We're talking about people who are, they are what they are because that's just who they are. Because it's ordained by God. Have the power of God to bring spiritual covering and, and, and can bring blessing to a woman in house number two if her husband doesn't want to come under the authority of God. Now, I want to talk about disunity. Because it's, it's, it's been with us for ages. Disunity is not something that's just happened. So where do I go? I go to the book of Genesis. There you go. You got God created man and woman. So, so what are you talking about? I'm going to remind you. We're talking about getting your house in order. Wednesday night I told one of the reasons why I think it's important to. But whether what I said is even true or not, it's still important to. House, house number, this, this unity in, in the garden of, we saw that Adam and Eve heard another way of doing things. They heard, it, they heard something in their head about how to do something different than this is how God says do it. So we know that God created a woman to be the helpmeet of a man. Equal in relationship, in serving, and great to be greater. I mean, we're to be the servant of all. Equal as friends, but in the government of God, you have to get in a line. And remember, you can't be in unity equal. You're in unity in God's government vertically. You have to be under authority to receive authority Otherwise, you're dislocated. When you dislocate your arm, you know what happens. You can't move it. And eventually, that arm will, will fall off. Dysfunction. I ask all the time, well, why don't God do this? I'm asking God to do that, and I want him to do that. Well, let me tell you something. It's because you're out of order. You're not in the order of God. You're out from under the authority and the way that God says because that's how divine life flows. This house has an order. And it has to be set in order. Not two fathers, not three fathers, not four fathers, not a, a plurality of elders. It has a spiritual father and many sons. Your house number two, there ain't going to be, listen, I know women who want to be the father. Well, if I ain't the father, my, my husband's an idiot. Well, you're a bigger idiot for marrying him. Oh, this is good preaching right here. I don't need notes, y'all. I'll get to that in just a minute. Help me to remember intentional, non-intentional. So we have, this, we have this whole ideology and this whole form that God said, Adam and Eve are in the garden, and guess what? Guess what they did? They said... We're going to do it our way. We are going to do this our way, not God's way. Well, how'd that work for you? Can I tell you 
that the decision they made to not do it God's way. And, I, and let me tell you, this, ain't gonna, this don't preach good. People hate me when I preach this. They say that was for another error. I, they don't hate me. They just hate what I'm saying. The reason God chose the man to be the head, and I've told you this a hundred times, but it's important to say it again, isn't because he's smarter than a woman. Because obviously we know that's not true. And go ahead, ladies, every time I say this, amen. And they're not necessarily stronger than them or make better decisions than them. It's just a matter of seniority. But another reason, ladies, is because the woman in the garden was susceptible to deception. What are you talking about? What about what the man? He got deceived too. No. The man didn't get deceived. He chose to do wrong. Y'all hear me? The woman got deceived. And it goes, Paul talks all about that, you know, if you really, if you really believe the Bible. What they did wasn't intentional. Thank you. It was non-intentional. Well, I, don't, I didn't mean to get us kicked out of the garden. I didn't do this and say, hey, let's disobey God and get kicked out of the garden. My God, how, how horrible would that be if they intentionally did it? They didn't intentionally do it. But guess what? What they did got them kicked out of the garden. And it not only had an immediate, listen to me close, not only did it have an immediate penalty, but it had a postponed penalty that we're still paying for today. People still dying because they decided to not get under the authority of God. And I know we live in a, a, rebellious, a rebellious nation. You know, I know don't tread on me and I know all that stuff. And look, there's a lot of stuff I agree with. Well, that's what I tell pastors. You better be preaching what Yahshua said. It has been said that you are to love your, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I say unto you, you are to love your enemies. You are to pray for them that despitefully use you. Y'all know the scripture. Y'all you know, know the thing, as Joe Biden would say. Y'all know the thing. It wasn't, it wasn't intentional, but yet it affected them the same. I want you to listen to me. Sin may not be intentional, but sin always has a result that's bad. I had, I had a bunch of illustrations. You know, one, I wanted to talk about Cain and Abel. You see what Cain and Abel did. Cain inherited from his mom and daddy doing it God's way. Adam and Eve didn't do it God's way. So guess what? Their son justified it in himself. I ain't going to do it in God's way either. I don't have to do it God's way. I'm watching my mama. I'm watching my daddy. Guess what they did? They chose to not do it God's way. And, you can, and they can go through all the ritual and the ceremony. And, and they could, you know, uh, they, of course, we know that God provided a lamb. And it was prophetic toward the lamb of God coming and all of that stuff. But here he was saying, in your heart, what you really did, though, is you wasn't doing what God's way. 
You chose to do something different. Now, now you have to do it because you got caught, so to speak. Let me tell you what children do. They see right through you like a daggum uh, glass that's just been cleaned off with Windex. It's clear. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I got you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we're going to serve God, right? I see what you watch on TV, Dad. <laughs> I see what you do with your money, Daddy. I see what you're doing. Listen, it is. It wasn't intentional. They didn't plan that to happen, but the problem is it happened. And it was a result that bled over into Cain's life. And so guess what Cain did? He killed his brother. What happens is when you get out of the order of God and out of the government of God and out of doing it God's way, you always, you're going to wind up killing something. I promise you something's going to die. Oh, you want, you want me to do it this way? I, and so, see, what he didn't want to do, Cain... The way of Cain, the Bible talks about in the book of Jude, is that when somebody decides to do and serve God their own way, they, they, they finagle it. Okay, well, I don't have to do that. I, I, I'm exempt from that. Oh, yeah, well, he's that, but because look how good I am. Look how beautiful my vegetables are. And I, I was going to write a book years ago. Remember, you can't get blood out of, a, out of a turnip because it required a blood sacrifice. Cain said, my mom and daddy. They compromised. They didn't mean to. So what he decided to do, when something gets in somebody's way, they kill it. But let me tell you what you do. You're going to kill your influence in your children. When you're not submitted to authority, they're not going to submit to your authority because you have no authority. I'm the daddy in that house. You ain't a daddy in this house. And if you don't submit to the daddy in this house, nobody is going to have the power of God behind, behind them to have the authority in house number two. Sorry. So then you have him killing. So now you, your relationship's killed with your children, your son, your daughter, whatever. It's, it always brings, but, and we don't intentionally mean to do it, but it doesn't matter whether you intentionally don't intentionally mean to do it. Guess what? It happens. My dad was a preacher, and the only sermon I ever remember that he ever preached was a sermon that impacted me as a young man. As a, actually, as a little boy. First time I heard it, Charlotte, was at Northside Assembly of God, Sally's, Sally's house. My daddy preached a message. He called it Five Innocent Lambs. There was a story about David and his deal with Bathsheba. You know the story, you know, he, she, he, killed, he killed Bathsheba's husband because of something that he wanted. I was meditating on a, I was kind of waiting to get to this, but I got to say it now so I won't forget it. I was med meditating on this cliche, I, think, I guess is what you call it. We're going to make a killing. Have you ever heard that? Woo! I'm going to make a killing! I've been meditating on that thing all week, man. Yesterday, that thing was just like ging in my head, and, and I was thinking, chewing on it, you know, mm, chewing that thing, and man, I'm gonna, we're going to make a killing. I'm going to make a killing. And what David did to satisfy his own 
prosperity, making a killing, satisfying the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those things that he was satisfying and decisions he made, he was kind of like, "Woo, I'm going to get Bathsheba. She's hot. I'm going to make a killing, so to speak. But in that day, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm going to get that. Oh, she's gorgeous. I'm going to make a killing here. Well, guess what? Yeah, he made a killing all right. And he did something sinful by killing her husband, who was a loyal, even loyal and faithful. Because when you, you get that way, it don't matter how good somebody's been to you. I want to tell you what I learned years ago. It doesn't matter how much money or good things I do to people. It don't matter. It, it doesn't go into an account that they can look back on and say, yeah, but you know, Johnny's done all this for me. It don't, you might as well not done anything. I'm gonna, this is good preaching right here. Y'all listen to me real close. They don't care. I remember I had years ago, had a guy, man. They tell my car, and he was the best. I ain't going to lie to you. He charged me $185. And this was 15 plus years ago. But he was the best. I'd get him in every couple of months or whenever it was. And, man, he would detail my car with, with a... What do you call those things you put in your ear? You shouldn't put in your ear. Q-tip. You goddamn Q-tip, man. Whew. Well, his drain fill and pump went out. We pay for it. Now, I'm not boasting in that, y'all. I don't care if I get credit with God for that or not. I'll be honest with you. So, you know, it ain't like I'm losing my reward in heaven. I don't care if I get a reward for that in heaven or not. I'd have done that for almost anybody. His wife didn't have a car. I gave her a car. I ain't talking about a piece of junk car either. All right? Not including the hours and hours I've spent in marriage counseling with him and all that kind of stuff. He was working on my car one day, and his buffer went out. I'm like, dude, what's wrong, man? My buffer went out. He's like, I don't have the money to get one. So I'm like, oh, how much are they? He said, I can get one on sale right now at Sears <laughs> for $289. I said, man, I know this is your livelihood. I'll pay for it. Get it. So I gave him cash money, 300 bucks. He comes back, man, smiling. It's buffer, man. That's things like, I mean, it was like one of those things that you get your massage with. I mean, I mean, it was beautiful. And then he gave me my bill for $185. Not that I cared. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, okay, but can you give me like 10% off? <laughs> you know, can I have a little discount here? I ain't, I ain't, <laughs> because let me tell you about people. You better do it. Because you love God. Now see, this is why I need my notes. Because I get off on a rabbit trail. I see some of y'all, okay, 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 okay. Hurry. I'm really quicker with the nose, y'all. All right, where was I? Oh, yeah. So David and Bathsheba, you know, he hears Bathsheba. Guess what? Well, this guy made a killing off of me. He may be making a killing, but little did he know that he was also making a killing in the lives of his children. 
Amnon. Well, first of all, the baby that Bathsheba had died. Now, I, don't, I don't know all the five lambs that my daddy preached on before, but I'm going to just tell you a rough, a, a quick overview of what happened. The baby died. Second of all, his son Amnon got the hots for his half-sister Tamron, lured her to his house and raped her. Absalom, the guy who was the other brother, I'm sorry? Yeah, he, Absalom conspired to get Amnon, who raped his sister, and, and lured him into, like Amnon lured Tamra to rape her, he lured him into his uh, place where he murdered him. You got the baby dead. You got Amnon dead. You got Tamra raped. And now you got Absalom, who somehow thought he should be the father in the kingdom. So guess what he did? Every day he would go to the gate and talk bad about King David. David did this. You know what he did? You know how he did that? You know what my daddy did? You know what my daddy did? You know what he did. He killed, he killed uh, Bathsheba's husband. He did that. Guess what else he did? He ain't a good daddy. Blah, 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 blah. And guess what? Justified those things to the fact that now that's what he wants to do. He wants to be in charge. So guess what happens when that happens? He got killed. You take him out there and, you know, they say that Absalom's hair was so big it was one quarter of his body weight so you know he was probably like Fabio sitting out there <laughs> David wasn't that good looking you know he was the run of the family so to speak he was the one out there you know when Jesse was picking kings out of I mean uh, when when Samuel was picking kings out of Jesse's family he said well here's here's my you know son no 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 do you have anybody else well we got David out there in the, in the tending sheep we have Absalom, talented, talking, out among the people, politicking, so to speak. Well, guess what happens to those kind of people? They die. But let me tell you one of the reasons he died. Because his daddy didn't intend to. He just wanted to get with Bathsheba. He just wanted his life in his lifetime to make a killing. That's what I should have titled this, How to Make a Killing. And he sure enough did. He made a killing because he did not represent the order of God he substituted. And this is the bad part for people who are in authority. Listen close to me. You get judged more harshly than those who are under you. i got to tell you something. A a person who, has, who is the father of a house is someone who is responsible. Somebody said, why do you get me a spiritual father? Well, number one, I was here before you. That's how God does it. Number two is, that's what I'm called to do. Number three is, you know, you're... I'm having to be responsible for all this. You think this is fun? You think it's fun? I, I remember we, we were laughing. My daughter's... We're laughing. My daughter's in here tonight. Oh, too bad. I think they're in the back or something. We go on vacation. 
And I'll tell you what, Jordy will tell you right now. Jordy, Jordy, he says, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. When those two girls get together, they drive you nuts. <laughs> Bonkers, crazy. So I remember we went down to Little Gasparillo Island. We got a house down there uh, for vacation. You know, beautiful. It was an old house down there, but it was beautiful. And, and we got out there. And I can't tell you, I mean, my van broke down. I had to borrow a truck. You had to get there. My, uh, you couldn't get there by car, so you had to get my boat. I got my boat, and it, it wouldn't shift right. And I ran into a dock, and it got dark. And, the, and it, I, it was dark, and mosquitoes was everywhere. And there was a golf cart that was supposed to load our stuff on. And we had like a week's worth, worth of groceries in a big 120-gallon cooler. And we put that on the golf cart once I drug it there. And I was going to be on one of those vacations that I wasn't going to take a shower. And here I'm sweating and dirty, and, and here I, I, I get up on the golf cart, and the battery's dead. And I go looking for the house. I couldn't find the house. I go up the steps, and there's a woman in there laying watching TV that says, ah, and that's me. I mean, I, it was one of those kind of things. Yeah, you want to go on vacation with me? So we get there, man. I'm trying to wind down. I'm thinking, and, of course, my daughters think I'm a millionaire. Oh, Johnny's got uh, what? Why didn't you buy me a Mercedes? The fact is, I had a Mercedes one time, and I was going to, after it got paid off, it was one of those little coupe things, what do you call them, sedans? And, you know, it was about eight years old, and I was going to hand it down to Veronica. I don't want that. I said, okay, I'll get you a Hyundai. I'll use Hyundai. Why can't I have that? Why can't I have that? And that's what people think. They don't realize that being a father, sometimes... Getting away on vacation ain't really getting away. And then when they started that, when they, tell them, Jordy, when they start laughing, huh? Tell them. Hee hee, ha 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 ha. Oh, they got a whipping. Oh, it's vacation. You go down right now. I mean, shut up or I'm going to kill both of y'all right here and drop you out in the ocean for shark bait. They quit laughing. They don't realize the pressure of being responsible. And what I don't ever want to do is to intentionally let them even know that there's any pressure. That's what a daddy does. I knew a guy who used to bring his kids in every tenth of the month when the bills are in. Line them up. We're going to lose everything. We're going to lose our house. We're going to lose, we're going to lose everything. I never told them. I always tell my, my children this. God's going to always provide. And guess what? He has and he will. I said, y'all understand that being a father in this house, nobody else here is responsible for anything. I am. If you don't believe me, go call Regions Bank right now. You don't believe me? No, oh no, not Regions. Campus USA, I refied, hallelujah. So you have all these things. Okay, what about this? You got to, you know, what about that? And what about that? And what about that? What about that? What about that? Oh, it's so fun to be a spiritual father. Spiritual, I mean, sons don't have the responsibility. If you don't have the responsibility, you ain't a spiritual father in this house. If you don't have a, the responsibility, you ain't a father in house number two. That's how it, one of the characteristics. And I know that the way, you know, people think, well, you know, the woman works now and all that. And I get that. But ultimately, the responsibility is going to be held on that daddy. And the, what that daddy does or wasn't, doesn't do is what's going to intentionally or not intentionally affect everybody under him. Y'all get this? 
This morning, I want you to know that disunity is so difficult. I mean, unity is so difficult and, and disunity is so, so easy. Can I tell you something? I'm going to say something that I know it will be contested. You can get a divorce from your father in house number two, but you can't get a divorce from your spiritual father in house number three. People think they can just come and go and do what they want to, how they want to. You know, God's against divorce. Did you understand what I'm saying? This, let me tell you what people tell me. People say, well, i got a better job offer. So? What are you going to tell your wife? Hey, i got a better job offer. i got a better wife offer. Yeah, that's exactly what they say. i got a better husband offer. i got a better job offer. Without any way and any inclination listening to doing what God says you're supposed to do, thinking that somehow they have the authority and the power over their own life to make decisions for their own future. And when you do it against God, you have made the decision for your own future. And it ain't good. I just think I can get to do anything I want to do. I know you do. And that's why we're in the mess we're in. We just casually think about the order of God and the authority of God. See, divorce... It's something God doesn't want. And that's the purpose of house number two. When he said, look, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Wives submit your own husband. Ephesians chapter 6. You see all these things in, there, in Ephesians about, about marriage. And this is what he said to watch. But yet, I show you a mystery concerning Christ and the church. What is he showing us? I'm showing you the divine order of God. Now, in John 17, as I was reading that, read it for years. But when Yahweh began to prompt me and provoke me about this word again, I mean, I mean, I've preached this inside and out, upside and down, but I've realized that that was a long time ago. And a lot of people don't understand spiritual authority. And when I was reading John 17, I found out that Yahshua prayed and asked Yahweh, Five times, Father, make them one. Make them one. Make them one. As you and I are one. Make them one. Lord, make them one. Five times. And what really caught my attention is Yahshua said this. I, I love this. I loved it. Yahshua said, you can hear me. My little granddaughter, Gugu, she was kind of acting up a little bit one day at home and kind of wouldn't let her sister play under her tent. You know, you know, I got naked Barbie dolls all over my house. I'm just going to tell you right now. And these sheets and these things, you know, everywhere we come, I just go. Listen, I spend most of my time now putting clothes off, putting clothes on Barbie dolls. I ain't going to lie to you. And then doing whatever they, everybody tells me to do now. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, come in. Come swimming. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so. But I love it. And so the goo-goo's on this side of the couch. I mean, on the couch on this part of it with a, with a, blank, with a sheet over her. And so Poppy Girl trying to get in there because goo-goo always gets in her tent. So Poppy Girl's like, I'm going to get in your tent. Well, she's just screaming and yelling. And I'm, I'm like, Presley, stop. Be fair. Presley, stop. Presley, and she had that sheet over, you know, she said, I can't hear you. 
I mean, he said, me can't hear you. Yeah, me can't hear you. I'm like, she made me get I had to get up out of my chair. I was like, I was like, I'm going to get an electric one next time because now I was like, I mean, that's the only ab work I get when I can, I get that blood chair. I said, can you hear me now? Y'all, she was said this. It was so great. You can hear me. He said, Lord, I know. He said, Father, I know you hear me. Somebody was asking me yesterday, how do we know that God hears us? So, well, he's not required and put himself under the requirement of hearing a sinner. His mercy will hear a sinner. But for us, all right, I'm, I'm getting off. I know you hear me. Five times I need your help for this unity thing. I need your help for the ecclesia to be set in order and for them to understand that order and for them to want to be in that order and them to trust that order and them to know that you're going to give the end result of that. And it's the best for them. He's going to need you five times. And it bothered me. Nowhere else in the Bible can I see where Yahshua, five times in a row in one verse, boom, boom, boom. Actually, it's like three of the verses. 17 and 21, 24 and all that through there. He said what he said. I said, and this is something that I had to learn from. Lord, I, Yahweh, help us to love each other. Can we just love each other, Yahweh? Give us a, oh, love one time. Lord, will you help us love each other? Lord, fill our hearts with love three times, you know. Oh, let your love be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost four times. And uh, God is love. Beloved, let us love one another. He that love not knoweth not God. God is love. Boom, five times. I've done it. I wanted love. I was asking for the wrong thing. Faith. <laughs> Faith without faith is impossible. Please, God, first we believe He has rewarded them to the end of the city. Come That's just my fast version of Scripture. I'm trying to hurry this up, so I'm doing it like the bottom, the end of a card commercial. Faith, faith, faith. I need faith, Lord. He's running faith. Give us faith. Grow our faith. Much faith. Much faith. Faith, 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 faith. Patience. Oh, give me patience. Faith, 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 faith. Well, I found out that all of that was the fruit and an automatic response to something. And let me tell you what's the automatic response of. People who are in line. I said, well, yeah, sure. You know God hear you. I mean, to me, I know what we would say. Oh, raise, raise, Lord. More money, Lord. More money, more money, 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 five times. Money. Yahshua said, unity. I was like, wow. Let them be one. Let the government of God. Why? Because he knew. That when people, that mystery of husband and wife, of Genesis, he knew that everything they had need of would flow right down to them. Not only what you have need of, but God always gives exceeding abundantly above all that you've asked for or even think you're capable of having. But when people are afraid of authority, I'm not going to let somebody tell me what to do. Okay. Next in line. You hear what I just said? Next in line. I don't want to get bumped out. I don't want to be next in line. I'll tell you what. 
I used to tell people, I told God this all the time. And I, I would, man, I would be a good associate pastor. No responsibility. You just go there, you know. When, when it comes time to, to the church hating people, they're going to they hate the, the main pastor. I've been in church before. They, when one pastor left, they hired the other pastor. He came in. They said, we're going to vote you in. And you can be our pastor. But you can't fire Johnny. That's what I liked. Now, if I was him, I wouldn't have come to that church. But that's a whole other order thing we're talking about. I believe that without a spiritual authority over our life, we will make wrong decisions, even if they're unintentional. I think what we'll do, we'll think that we can come to church and whenever we want, how we want. We can either do this, choose this to do that or not do it. You know, when your daddy's there, your daddy is going to tell you, no, you're going to take the garbage out. No, no, you, you're going to do it. And, and they'll say, why? Because your mother told me to tell you to take this garbage out. There's nothing wrong with that. But what's wrong is when the wife doesn't submit to the authority of God in matters that really matter. No, no, I love you, honey. I've heard your opinion of it because a man's a fool not to listen to the opinion of his wife. He's smarter than you are. But that don't mean that she's going to choose the will of God or know the will of God. I want to tell you this. Many people's children are lost today because when it came right down to it, they see that you're willing to choose intentional or not intentional. They see what you do. Even to this day, I was telling somebody recently, I said, the Bible says, children, obey your parents and the Lord. There is no expiration age date for a child to quit obeying his father. Well, when he's 18 now, so what? Now, you can't force him to do it. But you could teach him to take the counsel of the way God blesses him. And if his father blesses him, who has been blessed by his spiritual father, he can receive the blessing of God. And what you should do is bring your children to house number three so they can have a direct blessing from God through the order of this house, through spiritual father here. Our children should be obeying us as long as we're alive. And I had a bunch of scriptures to prove that, you know, how smart we are when we get older and all that kind of stuff. This morning, guys, we have a mandate from Yahweh. And I know it's in, in the day that we're living in, it's just easy to, to do what we want to do because there is no, because there is a postponed judgment on our sin hey i got way way with this far well god's been with me my whole life johnny i don't know if he has or not has he if you're not under the authority of god and doing the ways of god you're not you know what do you do you know that adolf hitler y'all young people know who he was yeah he believed he was doing the will of god the Bible says the day will come when they who persecute you and kill you will think they will be doing it for God. If you and my life is not in order, well, I'll tell you what I think. I think I can do this. I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. 
Do you know that there is no repentance for you getting out of the order of God? Let me tell you what I mean by that. If, if I were to make a decision that I'm, I'm tired and I got an opportunity where I can go make a killing and I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of Ocala. I'm tired of, of people. I'm tired of everything. So what I'm going to do, I'm just, I'm quitting. And I know this is where what God has called me to before the foundation of the world. Listen, not only to be, for people to be under me, to receive from me, but the responsibility I have for those people. People are responsible to me, who I'm responsible to my angel, Yahshua, and then the Father. That's the process we know. It's scriptural. Boom, boom, boom. The, the, the oil flows on the head and comes down. But I'm also responsible for people. That's why it torments me and hurts me so bad when people walk away from what I know and they have confessed is their calling. Because the callings and gifts of God are without repentance. I want you all to listen to me real close. I'm trying to close here. I think I preached fast today, didn't I? If I quit, for whatever reason, maybe I have a good reason. A good reason really is an excuse. Well, I got a good reason to divorce him. Oh, yeah? What do you always say? Do you know that if I do that and I move to another city, or if I don't move anywhere, that there is no repentance and there remaineth no more sacrifice for that sin so what do you do? Well, I'll just ask God to forgive me, and I'll go and do something else. The only way I could get repentance is to come back here. Y'all hear what I'm saying to you? You want to talk about real spiritual authority? You want to talk about kingdom stuff? We say king. We didn't say a voted-in president. I said king. The king's domain. This is how it works. This is how the government of God works. This is how the kingdom works. It's all about divine order. And you either in or you're out. And if you're out, I promise you, I will be able to tell it, and so will everybody else. Even though you may have money and your business is doing no great and you're making a killing. You're real killing. You're really killing the things that will only matter. All the money you made, when, when, you, when you come to your deathbed, or you look up and that, that tractor trailer's headed straight at you, you're not going to say, man, I sure have they made that deposit. Can I check, can I check Wall Street? Can I check the, the stock market right quick before? Oh, pow! Oh, oh, man, I'm glad I did. You always say, get your house in order. This is what he told me. I'm sorry. He told me, get my house in order. And I'm going to do it. To be lackadaisical and not to be fervent about this house will make your house not be fervent about the things of God. And guys, I want to tell you this. Unless you're on a deserted island on the Isle of Patmos somewhere, there ain't no way you're going to get your well done by not being part of an ecclesia.
Because this is where we, a people, are prepared. You ain't going to do it by yourself. It's not good for man to be alone. Don't you understand the principle today? And I'm telling you, I have to. I would have to come back here and start all over again. Why would I do that? I'm not, I'm, I may look dumb, but I ain't stupid. Because I know my well done is dependent upon who, where I am and who I am and, and the position under the authority of God that I am responsible for. And so are you. You know, let me tell you what the Bible says. Oh, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Hey, you want some peace in your life? I'm talking about real peace. You know, I told people the other night, or maybe Sunday, I forget, aren't you tired of being your own salvation? Aren't you tired of being your own salvation? I'm talking about something where God will intervene on your behalf. It'll flow right. But, but listen, when, you, when you're rebellious, guess what? When you're not obeying God, when you just say, well, I just ain't going to feel, I don't feel like doing that, you know, or I'm too busy and all that kind of stuff, then that's what God's going to say to you when you're crying out to him for your children. And I'm just too busy. Because this earth is a reflection of what we do. You want to be love? You want love? You have to give love. You know, you want, you, whatever it is we want, we have to sow to do it. So upside down kingdom. So this morning, my, my exhortation to us is if you are not joined, you know, the song Joel wrote and sang this morning, I, I texted him yesterday. I said, look, is it too late to request I'm joined? He said, yeah, because we're already doing it. The message that I'm preaching today is nothing new. I preached it one of the times in cycles I preached it, and he wrote that song about it. To me, it's one of the greatest songs I've ever heard, the power of it. I'm under the window where the blessing flows. The windows of heaven open out, pour your blessing. But it comes through the chain of authority that God's put over your life. He's put governors and tutors over us until the appointed time of the Father. He said, I've given you 10,000 instructors, but you don't have there's not many fathers out there. We're birthing people, supposedly, in churches all over the world, but they're not being fathered. They stay in the outer court, and that's all they have. They, they never are able to go in. Let me tell you what happens in the outer court. That's where they make a killing. That's where they slaughter the lambs. And people continuously are crucifying Christ over and over again, as the Bible says, afresh, because they never get past their flesh. They keep serving themselves. Y'all, we spoke something to me for us, and that's to get our house in order. And I don't think I'm, I'm going to share that today, but I'll tell you this. No matter how we look at it, time is short. And I know people used to do that to me as a kid, and it worked. Jesus is coming soon. Like a thief in the night. You know not, not the, the day, the, the hour, or the day. Blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And it affected me until I w woke up the next morning. I go down to youth camp, you know. I got where I, that didn't even bother me no more. I just 
Stayed in my seat. Let's get in line. Let's get in our place. God bless you all. Thank you for watching.